are listening to Plan B Podcast. The opinions expressed and shared on this podcast are of our own. Welcome to Plan B.SG. Quite a lot of areas that the, that the Russians have. Yeah, we're going to go down. Mm. Like, those are not leaders. Mm. Those are shit stutters. Yeah. A three-way relationship. <laughs> okay, let's let's stop this right here. Welcome to Plenty.sg I'm Zari Smile And I'm Darren Mark And I'm Rahman I'm back Yes back Yeah you are back From a long leave of absence You yes. sound good bro Thank yeah, you Actually yes I always sound good Well I know I think objectively speaking The past two weeks <laughs> Yeah mm-hmm. You sound yeah. fresh mm. Yes actually yes. I had ulcers in my mouth mm-hmm. like, Not the, anymore uh, Still 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 have a bit mm. uh, I'm just using this uh, Thing called What is it Bernadino I think oh, some person's name Some spray oh. Spring in my yeah. mouth So oh, okay. just to remove the uh, Germs mm-hmm. and all betadine, that. Betadine, betadine. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, uh, I can eat solids once again. Oh, Thank and, you. And at least your chick isn't swelling, right? Yes, yeah. 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 It 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 got swollen in two different locations. Yeah. I look like a hamster. Just in time <laughs> for the video, somehow. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. For today's video recording. Yes. So thank you for holding the fort. I think last week was a really good episode. Let me tell you, it was weird, okay? Mm. Let me tell you, just right now, it was weird pushing the buttons. <laughs> uh, I was like, well, hmm. I'm here. Don't worry. We're yes. back. We're back. We are back. Really mm. interesting uh, guest that we have today. Uh-huh. And thank you, Raman, as always. Uh, your vast networks of uh, people. Very interesting people. Very interesting and powerful people. Mm-hmm. That you'd like to bring to the studio today. Yes. Uh, who do we have? And today we have Dr. Said Harun. Mm-hmm. Uh, who... He does a lot of things okay. and maybe we'll, we'll let him uh, share more. But I do know him uh, in his capacity as the president of LBKM. Okay, what is LBKM? LBKM uh, is... Um, Lembaga. Lembaga. Uh, let, me, let me help you guys out. <laughs> <Yes, yes. laughs> what is LBKM? So, so LBKM is Lembaga Biasiswa Kenangan Maulun. Okay, um, you see. Thanks, thank the you. gusto yeah. of that response. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I've had a few rehearsals. Like, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's an educational charity. It's 58 mm-hmm. years old. Wow. Okay. Um, so it's it's been around since 1965. Um, mm-hmm. Fun fact about LBKM is... Um, you know, in 1964, July 1964, there was a racial riots mm-hmm. um, yes. as a result of, um, you know, a, a procession during Prophet Muhammad's yes. birthday celebration. Yep. Yep. Um, and, and what happened thereafter was that um, the following year, they couldn't do the procession anymore, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and in lieu of that, in celebration of the Prophet's birthday, mm-hmm. um, all the Malay Muslim organizations at the time came together mm-hmm. to be able to form LBKM to give educational bursaries wow. in lieu of the Prophet's uh, birthday celebration. It's been mm-hmm. 58 years. Wow. Wow. So, the same um, organizations? or Same. Um, I mean, we, we've had institutional members since the inception mm-hmm. of LBKM. Um, obviously, you know, uh, over the decades, you know, some have come and gone. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's a beautiful concept, you know, how yep. I see my role is really just to cradle a, a legacy, a baby that has, mm-hmm. you know, come from the community mm-hmm. and really just trying to pay it forward to the students that we have today. And, and as a fun fact, yeah, I, yeah. Am, I yeah. am one of those students. I know, I was yeah. one of the yeah. scholars, yeah. Saying. So I'm very grateful. Do yeah. you feel you deserve it or not? Uh, hey, he deserves it, lah. <laughs> that's not for me. The question is that. That's not for me. I must chuchu that in a bit, Put him on the hot seat. That's that's not for me to say. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, I'm 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 really very grateful mm. that we came because I think I got uh, a pretty uh, generous scholarship, lah. Yeah, mm-hmm. from. Yeah. What's in return? Do you have to serve some sort of bono? 
uh, no, 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 actually, that's nothing. Yeah. Oh, it's just a once-off kind of thing. Mm. It's um, actually it's 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 really just something that we've been giving for bursaries and scholarships. And mm. we started off with bursaries, mm. and then uh, with the support of our donors, you know, we've we've managed mm. to cross over to scholarships um, to at least push those in the community into academic excellence. So mm. it's been beautiful. I mean, if I could put on a plug right right there, you mm. know. Donate donations are always welcome to LBKM you know, as wow. a charity. Yes, yes. So thank you. Um, people yeah. like me will thank you for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the community will 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 anticipate your contributions in future. Of course, and that's of the course. best way to pay. And it I have it. every intention to, mm-hmm. and I will follow up on it. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Nice. Yes. You better you come serve in my firm first. Ah, yeah, that's right. So <laughs> next time I will, you will see me doing uh, all the community charity law stuff. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Now, but more interestingly, or equally as interestingly, mm. you also have a professional day job. Yes. That's right. So, so LBKM is purely voluntary role. I mean, mm-hmm. I've been uh, contributing to LBKM maybe since the time when I graduated from NUS. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm currently a consultant psychiatrist in private practice. Mm-hmm. Um, where I'm practicing currently today is at Alami Clinic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, interestingly, it's just down the road from LBKM at Kembangan. Nice. Uh, it's, it's a new clinic that deals with uh, geriatric needs, but uh, I'm supporting the the anchor doctor there like, for psychiatric services. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, yeah. psychiatry in geriatric. Uh, needs that's not something that I often like I wouldn't associate those two why not you know uh, like when I think psychiatry I think of like depression like oh. common mental illnesses mm. that's right mm-hmm. so so there's a bit of a range right so so you look at it from the younger ones um, mm. predominantly we look at ADHD autism depression and so uh, on mm. but even as you get older um, you know through the professionals as well as the elderly then you talk about dementia Mm-hmm. Um, behavioral, psychological symptoms of dementia as well. Um, and sometimes, while well, the geriatrician will be able to handle most of it, mm-hmm. uh, when it goes into the realm of the moods and specific psychological symptoms, then then we step into support. Oh. Yeah. But where where I practice there, you know, I, I I see the full range of patients. It just happens to be a geriatric clinic there. Right, mm-hmm. right, right, right. right. Yeah. So, I mean, okay. I mean, I, I know that we have other things to talk about, but like yeah. on this thing, right? Like the whole dementia and mood swing problem. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is this becoming a bigger issue? Because like, I mean, it's an aging community, right? Like yes. we, we are an aging society. Mm. And like, I worry because my mom keeps harping on the fact that, you know, she, she keeps telling me, she keeps reminding me, I'm getting old, you know, mm. one day I'll get dementia, one day I'll, I'll, I'll get. Yeah. So she does that. Uh? She does that. She tells me this. And mm. it's not coming from, it's not like, a, oh, it's very practical. Yeah. It's mm. not coming from a, you know, I want to emotionally black, blackmail you. Kind she of, worried, mm. she worried She's about worried. you. La. I mean, <laughs> herself, la, herself. Yeah. herself. Oh, okay. I mean, I can take care of myself, but mm. you know, I mean, she's she's single now, right? So mm. so eventually, I will have to take, take care, care of her. Yeah. Mm. And and I think she is genuinely worried. Like you know, what if I start becoming super forgetful and I, yeah. I can't recognize people or that kind of thing? Mm. It's, mm. it's scary. So mm. so it's quite interesting. As in, um, you know, we we have an aging population. People are living longer. Mm-hmm. Maybe dementia in the past didn't used to be as as big a problem as as it is now. Mm-hmm. Simply because a large proportion of people now Don't live to the seventies, eighties, right? Mm. People used to. Maybe die of cardiovascular illness, yeah. um, but then now that we've we've sort of sorted that out, uh, people live longer, and then dementia yeah. becomes a bit of a of an issue. Mm. Um, and uh, percentage wise, above sixty five, one in ten. Wow, oh, that's quite high. Yeah, mm. so as in sixty five years and above, lah. Yeah. Um, so one in ten, but then you know, just as you tip over the sixties, maybe about one to two percent, but about on average, it's about every five to ten years it doubles. Oh. So by the time you hit in your 80s, mm-hmm. um, you're probably maybe one in four, one in five I see. Uh, chance of getting dementia. Wow, for, that's for 20%. Your, yeah. eh? That's right. Mm. Wow. For what you do, you do you prescribe medication to mm. these individuals or do you go through some sort of therapy with them? So you talk, okay, so in general, mm. um, 
So for the psychiatrist, usually the the lanes are in, in relation to the biological aspects of care. Mm. So um, while we are trained with regards to therapeutic means, um, the the bread and butter where where we really focus on is really the medications if there's a need. Mm. Uh, and then we work with psychologists, therapists, counselors to be able to help with the care of an individual. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the elderly, interestingly, you know, dementia is a is a progressing illness. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it's also about teaching and um, educating the caregivers how to be able to deal with it. Mm-hmm. There's no um, cure, right? They, okay. Um, okay. It it depends on which type of dementia, but by and large, oh, it, it is a progressive. Okay, that's interesting, right? Then mm. we can go another podcast for that. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So there's Alzheimer's, vascular, mm. frontotemporal, do, dementia, Lewy bodies, and so on and so forth. Mm. Um, okay. I read a lot of yeah. these in medical reports. So I, I never know what the hell it means. And, uh, that's, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, la, dementia, dementia. Well, as far as the lawyers are concerned, you know, you mm. you're you're more concerned about the impairment at that time, mm. right? Mm. Whether they have uh, testamentary capacity, yes, to be able yes. to write wheels and so on. Correct. So. Mm. Um, uh, fun fact is that I'm my my interests above and beyond general psychiatry is actually in areas of forensic psychiatry as well. Nice. So so the interface with lawyers uh, happens from time to time. Wow. Yeah, so, forensic psychiatry. Yeah. Mm. Have you ever like gone into a foray in that? I mean, I know that. I mean, you mentioned of course that you were actually serving uh, in in the forces. Yes. As mm. a psychiatrist. Yes. Um, for twelve years. Yes. So did that interest come from there or? Um, not quite. Actually, you know, when when you are. Uh, uh, after you you specialize, then mm. then you you wonder which area of uh, psychiatry you may be interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you're you're studying law. Raman's a lawyer. Um, essentially, forensic psychiatry is a field where uh, there's there's a lot of interface with the legal profession. Mm-hmm. Um, when crime is involved, um, what is the person's culpability with regards to that, yes. and, and mm. where does yep. mental illness become an overlay? Um, mm. And then you know, then then in court, then you decide you know what's the culpability of the the, the individual. Um, so so to me, that's interesting because I think you know in in forensic psychiatry, you are you're forced to be at your sharpest um, uh, mm. di- diagnostic abilities. Wow! Um, and therefore, you 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 must be clear as to whether it's depression or whether it's adjustment disorder, depressed mood, mm. whether it's the psychotic features, and and then above and beyond that. Even though you have a mental illness, mm. um, how did it relate to the crime, if at all? Right. Mm. Have you been called as an as an expert witness before? I I haven't been called into the court as an expert witness. Um, I mean, there have been clarifications about mm. reports and so on. But but how I see it is, you know, if your report is um, clear, well grounded, mm-hmm. and you have good basis for your reports, then there there should not be a need for you to be called into court. Um, mm. So, but you have submitted. Uh, you have been called to submit. Well, I mean, kind of yeah, over the, over the years, numerous reports. Wow, yeah. Okay. Wow. So, so like this, next time I can call you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You you can consider. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but more importantly, for case our, case. for yeah. our listeners, yeah. right? Just now you mentioned uh, psychiatry, psychology, therapy. Uh, sounds like a whole gamut of different things. That's right. Mm. Can you break it down for our listeners? Okay, so so simply put, um, a psychiatrist mm-hmm. is a medical doctor went through medical school and mm-hmm. then subsequently specializes in psychological medicine. This is you, right? This is me. That's okay. right. So, um, so strictly speaking, if I wanted to say, you know, I don't want to practice psychiatry anymore and I want to be a GP, mm-hmm. um, strictly speaking, I can, I can, I can run mm. a GP clinic. No issue. Mm. Um, for our psychologists, uh, what they do is that they actually go through um, up to a master's in clinical psychology mm-hmm. yeah. and then they practice uh, clinical psychology out there. Um, whereas for for counselors, they may not necessarily be formally trained. Some are in um, maybe a bachelor's degree in psychology, mm-hmm. but not enough for them to practice as clinical psychologists per se. Mm. 
um, but they are armed with um, you know an array of skill sets within counselling. So, mm. counsellors, um, you know, some people call themselves therapists as well, and then psychologists. Actually, they they do meet in the middle in that um, the therapeutic mod- modalities. Um, some counsellors, you know, have quite a fair bit of depth in therapy as well. Mm. Um, so so it really depends on on who you have an affinity to in terms of developing the the. The therapeutic skill sets. Mm. Wow. Growing up, sorry. Growing up, do you always wanted to be a psychiatrist, mm. or do you actually initially wanted to be something, someone else? Yeah, I mean, you went into <laughs> medical like, school, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, which is quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, true story, lah. Yeah. I'm not sure that I should share this in a podcast, but well, I guess you, could, you guys will say yeah. yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I, I never grew up wanting to become a doctor. Actually. Oh really? Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So up till my first year of national service, I, mm-hmm. I thought. Um, you know, just just do something meaningful with your life. Sign um, on. <laughs> it, it did. Just did something meaningful. Uh, it, yeah. it was it was quite meaningful. Actually, one yeah. of the best decisions I made. Wow. Um, but um, uh, so by that point of time, I was eighteen, nineteen. Um, and you know, first year of NS went by. Uh, A levels results were not too bad. Mm. Uh, actually, I applied for arts and social science first. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> arts and social science first. First, really? first choice. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, so then, um, uh, I mean, my my mom was pushing me to say, "Hey, can you please apply for medicine?" I said, "Yeah, sure, I'll apply for medicine." So mm. I, mm. I'm not sure that she'll she'll listen to this podcast. I don't think she ever knew this. Yeah. But I put it as my I can't remember whether it's medicine or law, but it was mm. second and third. Mm. Okay. Ah. Needless to say, I didn't get it. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. So I I had a place in NUS FASS, um, and then second year, you know, NS has a way of giving you enough time for you to think things through, mm. think about life, and so on. So wait, I thought, you served your NS in the SAF. Yeah, yeah, first year, first oh, year. Okay. So okay. so then after that, I um, uh, so second year, I, I thought, okay, like, let's you know, let's give it a good go, mm. see how things go, right? Um, so I applied for only medicine in my second year. Mm. Mm. Um, I, I had a fair bit of CCAs and all that. So just packaged it nicely, I made the application, got into the interviews and, and the rest was history. Lah. So when I got it, uh, disrupted uh, from NS in my second year, went on to medical school and then came back. Nice. Ooh, yeah. right. So was the interview tough? Not? They say the, the doctors really grill you, right? I, mm. well, I, I'm I'm sort of like a people you person. You pass ready, bro. You can, you can <laughs> tell the truth. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> Actually, to this day, I remember at least one of the interviewers who 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 interviewed me, mm-hmm. um, and she was a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and and I I think you actually they they don't grill you to the extent where they they expect you to fail or you know really mm. make you cry or anything like that. No, not okay. at all. La. It was it was really just a genuine discussion in terms of wanting to get to know you. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, I felt that that was one of my strengths to be able to sit down in an interview, have a have a reasonable discussion. Mm. Uh, academics, maybe there were some challenges along the way, but right. but I think um, all things considered, once I got into the interview and I felt that you know the straight A student and myself mm. on the same even keel, we wow. we are, we're entering the room, you know, just the same, right? right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the hygiene factors with regards to the essay la, and all that had gotten you to this door yes, mm. uh, and and everything's equal. Mm-hmm. So so in that sense, I, I drew a sense of confidence there and then just, just winged it la, nice. as, as much as I could. La. Mm-hmm. But uh, you mentioned, I mean, just now you also mentioned that you are, I think one of the only, one of, one of the two only Malay Muslim uh, psychiatrists in Singapore. Okay, so I'm one of two Muslim psychiatrists in Singapore. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but from the Malay community, I'm, I'm uh, yeah, alhamdulillah, I'm, I'm the first and the only one. Wow. Okay. So was this yeah. the case in law in uh in medicine school as well actually? 
Um, so in medical school, I mean, there 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 are Malay, Muslim doctors who who pass through. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I think you know there there can be many more. Uh, we're we're trying to encourage the younger ones to take it up. Mm. Um, but um, but yeah, as in uh, uh, why you look yeah. like that? No, no, because I'm thinking like I mean yeah, sure. You know we do have uh, Malay doctors, right? And yes. there are there are many. Yes. Mm-hmm. But like in fifty Singapore whole fifty plus years mm-hmm. to not have had a single. Malay person interested enough in psychiatry in particular. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I guess um, uh, it's you know psychiatry is an interesting field. Mm. You know, we talk about mental health; everyone finds it interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, but interesting enough to want to make it, you know, your area of expertise to specialize in it and spend a few years after medical school to be able to train mm. um, and then you know call yourself a psychiatrist. Yeah. Mm. Um, you know, it, it takes a certain level of uh, interest and also runway and determination, lah. Mm. Um, so, so I, I, I do imagine that there are doctors out there, uh, Muslim or otherwise, who are mm. interested. Mm. Um, it's just whether that is um, where they sink their roots in and right. and, and mm. go for it. Were there preconceptions that you had to like deal with? I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, were there any like misunderstandings when you say that you know you're a psychiatrist, especially when earlier on like there wasn't so much, I guess, knowledge about mental illness? Yeah. Was there a bit of a stigma or a lot of just misconceptions that you had to face? Okay. At least someone in my family, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't say who, was saying, "Oh, psychiatrist, doctor." As in, I didn't know, you know it's a special, <laughs> oh, it's a specialty, uh, uh, right? Ouch. But, but, but in that sense, it it also highlighted the 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 lack of awareness mm. uh, of psychiatry as a field. Yeah. Um. And um. And I mean, obviously, the the view has since changed. Yeah. Um. And uh, and at least you know within the 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 larger uh, community or even country. Mental health is shifting in a very yes. big way. Yes, mm. yes. Um, and and therefore, at least you know where where I'm at, where I'm privileged to be. I I hope to be able to share some aspects of mental health mm. to raise the awareness. Mm. Yeah. Why the field of psychiatry? Like, uh, why not other fields of medicine? You specifically chose this. Was this something that was uh, motivated through a TV show, or some books that you've read, mm. or possibly, uh, you know, like you wanted to be the first Malay or, or Muslim did person? Or you have to yeah. deal with like a mental illness? Or mm. to the people around yeah. you, and you got motivated by that. Mm. Okay, I mean, um, okay, as a person, I'm 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 never one of those persons who who's like you know really full on love this thing to bits and mm. cannot let go kind like mm. it. It's just wasn't me as a person growing up. Mm. Um, but I I I think there was this when I was doing some of my psychiatry postings as a medical student. I found that hey, actually, um, I, I have. I have some skill sets to be able to engage people, to mm. be able to talk to them. Um, I've always been interested in human behavior as a whole. Mm. Um, and and I guess, in a way, the tipping point was, um, and, and you guys, I shared with 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 you guys this earlier, um, you know, the, the concept of, um, in a way, Fardu Kifayala, in the sense that, you know, you, if there's no one from the community who has this knowledge base to be able to help the community, mm. right? Um, at the end of the day, I think, if if you do have an affinity, you do have an interest, um, and and there is that need, um, I thought, hey, you know, um, yeah, why not lah, right? Um, mm-hmm. And and um, and if it's the right decision, then you know, inshallah, you 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 contribute to to others, mm-hmm. um, you you grow in the process, and and maybe you maybe you leave a legacy behind and you, and you support others as you go. Mm. Nice. You yeah. speak a lot about uh, these values in the Islamic mm. belief. Yeah. Mm. Does it, uh, do you incorporate it in your practice? 
when you actually you know become a psychiatrist um okay so so in that sense you know when obviously when 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 i see patients in general mm-hmm. um not in a very direct way i mean mm-hmm. some of our principles are actually very generic yeah um you know i mean obviously not preaching or anything like yeah. that but but i do find that some of um the patients especially in psychiatry is, is very intimate it's very personal mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and i do find that some members of the community when they see that there is a doctor or a specialist who's who understands uh, specific things so for example you know uh in psychiatric terms um, you know it may manifest as ocd mm-hmm. but if the if the form of the ocd is in relation to how you take your ablution and wudu i see you know you, the person just doesn't have to like go about this entire rigmarole of having to share mm. okay this is what ablution is before i pray etc etc you know mm. just go straight to wudu and tell the muslim psychiatrist and say mm. hey, you know um i have this issue i'm washing more than three times mm. um how can i overcome it mm. and, and is it a disorder or you know are there things that need to be addressed mm. oh, that's it you know yeah. i actually know someone mm. who was in the saf and mm. he was a ranked officer sure and he had this problem I, okay, I mean, <laughs> I mean, like, can there's, so many there's, there's, a f- there's a few things there, <laughs> and he, yeah. I mean, he went to see a doctor. He might have seen yeah. you, uh, right? And not that I remember, lah. Yeah. Not that, no, not that he can yeah. share. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, but no, I'm, I'm just surprised that you know you have OCD that manifests in that way. I, yeah. I never thought that OCD would yeah. manifest through this. Yeah, it, it, it could. Um, and um, uh, I mean, so, so the there's um. the the shape of it is ocd okay right but the form in which it presents itself which is very beautiful in psychiatry okay. um can 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 be a function of the person's own lived experience mm. so so the 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 skill of the therap- the 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 specialist is to make sure that beyond that in understanding the person's specific context mm. um draw upon his own knowledge of his uh, illness illnesses and and see how that maps up Mm. Um and and I guess you know it, it's not only specific to me but I would say that you know my own colleagues mm. um if they were presented with say the wudu example they should right. be able to tell it's OCD mm-hmm. and likewise for me when when it comes to other cultures yes. um I I need to take you know additional steps to be able to understand the person in their context mm. and transplant it into whether it's a disorder or otherwise mm. so that's the beauty of it you know, I I I'm I'm It's incumbent on me to be able to understand other people's culture, and mm. and that mm. also is a is a growth experience for me. Wow! Really interesting. Just now yeah. you mentioned about uh, a family member who didn't know being a psychiatrist is doctor. being a doctor. Yeah. And you mentioned a lack of awareness. Do you do you find that there is still a lack of awareness in our society today about the need uh, to go to the psychiatrist for treatment? Mm. Yeah. Or are you looking at more younger people or millennials in our generation actually see that this is Uh, something it's that normalized. It, yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's always a work in progress, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, in some ways, the discourse over mental illness um, also, you know, ha- has led to some level of awareness. People are are more open to 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 talk to me about certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also find that you know, as we shift, um, you know, that that discussion in a very big way, you know, we want to be able to acknowledge that there is such a thing called a mental illness. Mm-hmm. Um, at least from from my experience in terms of you know looking through the discourse that's happened that happens online etc um you know i think sometimes some people will shift too far to the to the other side to mm. say that every little thing is depression in that sense mm. when mm. it's a challenge in resilience is about living life mm-hmm. this interesting that you and, you mentioned that because like yeah. 
uh, you know, if I were to say that, I might get cancelled. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 like, true, yeah. like we are taught online that every single thing, even if we say that it's depression, it is. It's supposed to be treated. Yeah, take it seriously. Yeah, take it seriously. You know, okay, we should take it seriously. Mm. Okay, now I'm very worried. Without okay, <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you doctor again. You know, yeah. Okay, yeah. so but but yeah, before you yeah. before you continue, there are also other influencers mentioning that like uh, there's certain. Uh, fallbacks in your life that um, is actually re- resistance that you should be able to have the mental fortitude to overcome these things and not label everything as depression. There are mm. also people pushing this sort of narratives. Sure. So on your end, what do you make of this? I I think it's important to take it on a case by case basis, mm. right? Um, if you're not sure, just ask, right? Mm. Um, we all would have, you know, to be where we are today, there, there would have been some form of challenge, some form of um, maybe failings. Mm. Mm. Um, and um, and in most cases, you know, it, it makes us stronger. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it hit it hits us a bit harder. Mm. Uh, we fall. Um, some people break bones as a result. But it's also at that point of time when they're vulnerable. Um, it's about acknowledging that there is challenge, there is pain, there is difficulty, and how do we lift the person? Mm. If it's low enough, we call it depression. Um, but if it's maybe sub threshold, then we say, okay, it's a hard time. Mm. How can I support you and get you better? Mm. Um, it doesn't mean you shouldn't see a psychiatrist just because you you don't have a a disorder per se. Mm. Uh, many of my patients are at at least at at that tipping point. I wouldn't say they have depression yet, mm. um, but them coming in to to seek help early will certainly prevented a few things along the way. Right, mm. right, right. So I I had this time yeah, this time yeah. Is it yep. like so? It was like uh, what's it called chronic lah. Like yeah. long term and then so because you're talking about the sub-threshold thing and That's then right. I got reminded because my own psychiatrist I think used some terms like that it yeah. was like your mood is just consistently low mm. and even your normal mood is is below That's the right. normal right yeah. Oh. yeah so so that was that was why I was on, on the antidepressants actually okay mm. for I think a couple of years yeah. mm-hmm. but that actually brings me to another topic which is because you understand how the brain works yes. right like Specifically, you understand chemicals, you understand how mm. it, it interacts with your brain, the, how it affects your mood. The brain is still a very complex organ for which yes. it's not fully understood. Of but course, you're right. Yes. Ah, yeah. But generally, <laughs> la, broadly, you understand, okay, so this chemical, you, you take this kind of medicine, it should change your mood in this way, it should have this That's effect. Right. Mm. Does that make things, actually, does that take the fun out of things for you? Because I can imagine <laughs> if that's it. No, seriously, right? Okay. Because mm. if, if human emotion and, and moods, for example, mm. you can understand them in a clinical way, Yes. Mm-hmm. Then does that actually? You're right. You're right. Right. Yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So it's like desensitizes it. Eh? Ah. So like the 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 highs, for example, that you feel. Then yeah. do you end up thinking oh, like, like oh, serotonin? Ah. This is just this. Or this is yeah. not enough oxytocin. Ah. ah. <laughs> I get what you mean. So so what you're saying is that are we are we reducing the human being mm. to just chemicals, lah? Yeah. And the variability of the chemicals, right? Mm. Actually, uh, far from the truth. Okay. No. In in the sense that you know, um, okay, my lens when I look at mental illness. Um, is that you know some some people may see others out there and just say okay you know um, this is a mental illness right mm-hmm. but the at least for I would say for most psychiatrists lah we we sort of see it in color in the sense that you know there's there's major depression melancholic features there's major depression with anxiety there's major mm-hmm. depression with this and that mm-hmm. um, and and certain categories of of the same illness mm-hmm. uh, can is targeted in a different way. Right. Okay. Um, and if the predisposing factor was say you know loss of a loved one or you know grief over something or say maybe a particular accident happened etc. Right. Mm. There are different target points in the sense that it might not be medications that you need. It mm-hmm. might be therapy that that will most help you. Mm. And maybe the medication might be just a scaffold to to keep you safe during this period of time before mm. therapy takes over. 
Mm. Right? So, so there are different strategies in terms of trying to deal with it. And which is why actually my, my most important time with the patient is actually in the first few visits. Mm. To make sure that I write side, write side the treatment plan mm. appropriately. Right. Because if I assume that this individual will get better with just medications, um, that's a false premise. Lah. Um, mm. and, and, and there's actually mm. a way for us to be able to navigate things through it. But it takes a keen eye and experience to be able to deal with that. Yeah, no, I, I think you're very right in this because I think it's not just from like the professional angle that of this whole like magic pill myth, right? Mm-hmm. I've, I mean, I was a person with going through this kind of thing. I had friends who went through this kind of thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I know that for some of, some of us, there was an impression that, oh, I take the medication, I, I should get better. Mm. And then you end up thinking like, oh, I'm just taking a medication. Why am I not getting better? Ayo. Without yeah. realizing that, because that's not the magic answer. Like, mm. you, like you said, you, yeah. have, you have other things that, that need to be looked at as well. That's right. It's mm. a holistic approach. It's not just take the pill and then you'll be better. Absolutely. Mm. And, and one, it takes some level of patience. But the other aspect is that um, sometimes there are some conditions for which, you know, no amount of therapy, at least at that point of time, mm. may be helpful. And mm. what you need is a dose of medications yep. to, to get you out of that state. To calm mm. you down. Right? That's right. So, so it. Um, uh, that's why the just the same the therapeutic relationship between the psychiatrist um, with the patient or psychologist with the patient just just as important is the team dynamics between the psychiatrist and the psychologist mm-hmm. um, and how they 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 maneuver themselves to be able to support the patient in his time of need. In fact, as a patient, as an ex-patient myself, yeah. I would say that the team. Includes the patient as well. Absolutely. Because like, I, I mean, I got out of my thing mm. relatively quickly. Like I felt that the counsellor and everything was working together with me mm-hmm. so that I could get myself out of it. Yeah. Mm. But like I've seen other people who, like they, they go through psychiatries and teams basically, like they're changing clothes. Yeah. Yeah. And then they say everybody sucks because nothing works. Yeah. But, but you're, you're the main actor in the film actually. Yeah. 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 So this is something that I've, realized but I mean I don't know if it's I've never confirmed it like, I don't know if yeah. that's true because in my mind it's like the psychiatrist doesn't know me the mm-hmm. psychi- the, the counsellor doesn't know me mm-hmm. I have to be the one to really face my own demons what, to get out of it sure mm-hmm. but I mean some I think some patients don't really understand this and then they when things don't work out because they themselves for example don't want to participate they themselves don't want to open up mm-hmm. and then they say oh it's because the counsellor bad because this one bad that, that's an interesting point because you know um in 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 mental health, um, sometimes it's also about fit. Mm. Um, it's it's also not to um, the detriment of you know the the therapist by way of his or her skills. Yep. Um, sometimes you know, and, and it's also as part of our training is also about having that awareness mm. At least as a therapist, because you know, sometimes patients may not recognize that 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 yep. the fit, whether by way of their illness or their personality. Um, I mean, we're all humans as well, right? Yes. Even even though we're psychiatrists and therapists, mm. um, and um, and and part of our training is to be able to understand there are some cases which we can work with, which we can't work with. Mm. We have our own biases and our own views on certain things, for example, mm. and therefore, um, you know, we we need that level of awareness. And if say you know we feel that okay, you know, this is not something I can work with, just be honest and then share with with the patient. You know, say okay, you know, um, in as much as you know, there there are some skill sets that I have. Um, I think at this juncture, it's clear that, you know, it may be difficult for me to be able to help you in this. Mm. Um, then refer you onwards. Mm. Um, mm. And, and that that kind of honesty, I think is, in itself is therapeutic. Mm. Because the patient appreciates it, understands that, you know, there's a certain space of, um, 
sort of um, therapeutic integrity in that sense. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And then you you hand it over lah because it's it's beyond the wisdom of what you have. Right, right, right. Yeah, right, right. and um, yeah. I want to ask you one thing. Yep. Yeah. For me, right, <clears throat> I have a job hazard. Mm. Sometimes when I look at things, I'll think of how everything can go wrong. Right, mm. that's my job hazard. Sure. Now, as a psychiatrist, when you are having conversations with people, when you are talking to people on day-to-day basis, yeah. Mm. Do you secretly in your mind <laughs> like diagnose them and say shit this guy probably has this 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 condition or he is uh, manifesting this 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 should i tell him should i not do you do that okay so so meaning to say that if it is clear to me that mm-hmm. someone is unwell mm-hmm. uh would do i tell you, do you like secretly diagnose them and then um well it it is a job hazard right mm-hmm. in the sense that you know with with whatever knowledge you have mm-hmm. um inadvertently it shapes the way you view the world as well yep um and and i guess you know um if i do have an acute sense that this individual is unwell mm-hmm. um say in a, in a in a psychotic way for example right. um there have been instances where I, i i spoke to some of their family members say you know you you may need to get this person checked wow oh. um how do they take it man i mean you know you just be gentle about it lah mm. right it really you come from a position of um wanting to care for this individual mm. um and you just saying you know sounds like that and and often if it's clear um you know the the they family members would would kind of know yeah they would have had the suspicions as well mm. um it's just that maybe they 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 felt that oh, okay maybe it's just part of life it's just mm. weird behavior and, mm. and then we just carry on and tolerate it because we've mm. tolerated it for so long mm. Mm. dr um, simvin yeah. do you like scroll through fyp on tiktok and you're thinking like this person needs psychiatric <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you do that? Do you do that when you go through like because you have a lot of knowledge, right? Yeah. You go through all the news feed in Instagram yeah. and all that. Like, this guy really need help. You do that? Uh, no. <laughs> I th- I I've got a day job, <laughs> so keeps me busy. Okay, okay. I got one last thing. Yeah, right? sure. What, what is it? Okay, so you know, ah, uh, sometimes, ah, uh, yes, people often, uh, and and I recently saw this somewhere on some one yeah. feed, lah. Mm. Where there's a disjunct between medicine mm. and the belief of black magic. Oh, you know some people really, say, yeah. yeah, yeah. Some people say, eh, yeah, this fella cannot black magic really. Mm. Then other <laughs> people went, no lah, he's just having a psychotic break. Ask him go doctor. We oh, got a doctor right here yeah. to yeah. clear this up right now. Yeah. yeah, how, bro? Tell me. Oh man. Okay, so so by and large, at least for for weird behaviors, for yes. example, right? Yes. Um, uh, if I can compartment, if I can compartmentalize it. Um, within you know what is known as a mental disorder, mm. um, and offer medications to support, then I will. Um, that being said, like like what I was sharing with Darren earlier, right? That at the end of the day, um, one psychotic episode with one individual mm. can change with another in terms of presentation. Mm. But it's about recognizing that it's a psychotic episode, right? Okay. Um, I. Personally, not that not that I'm wishing for it at all. Plus, mm. the studio is really out of the way. I must say, <laughs> um, and um, it's I. There have been maybe once or twice mm. where where I, I thought you know there could have been some supernatural consideration to <laughs> regards to a specific, Oof. very 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 specific one. But it's it's fine, few in between. Uh, in the oh. sense that you know, look mm. if. If someone presents to me levitating, obviously it's not a mental illness, <laughs> ah, right? Ah, ah. But but you know, um, thankfully I've I've not seen that, seen that mm. right? Oh, um, and and everything else in terms of specific behaviors, mm. talking to themselves, etc. Mm. Um, How about changing voices? I I have not experienced that specifically to myself, but mm. then um, I think 
it it'll be quite interesting lah to to be able to um, uh, see how things are because sometimes um, you know maybe if you scan the person's brain mm-hmm. there, there might be certain things that we find mm. um, and it's it's not unusual for example even in a, in what seems to be a mental illness. When we do further investigations, we know that very clearly. Okay, there maybe there's a thyroid illness, or mm. there's a brain tumor, etc., mm. etc. Et and once that's sorted out, actually the the mental manifestations, the psychiatric manifestations of the mm. behavior, actually disappears. Wow. So so again, back to the understanding the brain is still very much complex. Yeah. Uh, the permutations, you know, are are immense, and um, uh, it's still very much to discover. Even though it's just you know just within the skull but mm. but there's so many things there mm, yeah. fantastic yeah. doctor thank you so much for spending some time with us yes. Yes. and sharing your you know uh, your expertise and your experiences with our listeners and if you're tuning in right now and you like what you're listening to don't forget to share this content on your social media web pages as well as on Instagram yep. uh, we will be taking a short break right after this with our sponsors uh, from planb.sg don't go away we interrupt this program to bring you this podcast is proudly brought to you by our friends from the Bravo Realtors that's right so you want to call them for your property health check today at this number that's 8100-2300 I repeat that's 8100-2300 alternatively you can also find them on their IG at the Bravo Realtors we are with our friends from the Bravo Realtors in the studio welcome back welcome welcome. Yo. it's been a great um, it's been a great week uh, yeah thank you for the uh, late lunch you know uh, dinner dinner yes. uh, yeah. can, you. can you tell that it's a good week because Za is sounding you know like very mm-hmm. chirpy and fresh. everything today yes. fresh I've had yeah. some exercise so I released a, a, a good amount of dopamine after, after <laughs> two so, weeks of you know. being stuck in bed yeah, yeah. Mm. welcome back yeah. so is it a good time to buy property it's always a good time it just it's always, always tell you always, always a good time <laughs> <laughs> and it, although it's like a, yeah, now is a good time yeah. and after that when the property Expensive, prices but yeah, it's yeah, good property time. prices are up like, we say good time yeah it's definitely it's, a good time it's always a good time to buy but 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 it depends on when you sell yeah ah. so okay so their unique yeah. selling point is that right mm-hmm. they can actually yeah. plan for you to enter yeah. and exit right yeah. when's yes. the right time yes. so we must always time when we should sell mm-hmm. so when yeah. should we sell uh, I is think the topic that, yeah. today is about MOP, after right? MOP. Oh, after MOP. Yeah. yeah. Do you do you sell or uh, do you wait? Okay. Yeah. So yeah. okay, I have one question for you. Okay. Huh? <laughs> yeah. So now one of my uh, I was speaking to someone that I know, and mm-hmm. then uh, this person uh, purchased a BTO flat. It's about mm-hmm. probably a year or two years old now. Yeah. And she's her flat's gonna hit MOP in uh, three years time. Ooh. Okay. But okay, she also fast. said to me mm-hmm. that uh, there's an MRT station that's being built right mm-hmm. outside her flat. Hmm. But it will be ready two years after MOP. Ah. So she's thinking about whether or not she should wait for that MRT hmm. or sell exactly at MOP. Then I Good question. You, yeah. you must call the Bravo Realtors. <laughs> but yeah, really what do you that? think? <laughs> yeah. I think uh, amenities wise, uh, if you're talking about MRT uh, hmm. nearby, uh, whether it's going to be ready soon, um, it doesn't make much difference mm. uh, oh, really? if you wait uh, one year or two years. Okay. You see, because if you wait two years, it um, the price uh, doesn't mean that um, in two years time the price will be uh, so much higher because mm. of the MRT mm-hmm. the price will still in two years time will still depend on market sentiments mm. depend on demand and supply oh I'm kind oh. of shocked to hear this because I actually expected that like obviously if there's going to be a new MRT that it will be it will be more valuable it will be higher demand so probably higher demand will have a slight mm. uh, increase in mm. prices mm-hmm. but here's the thing if like the MRT is already uh, the MRT station already on the way to be built mm-hmm. So naturally, you already increase what? 
Ah yeah, so yeah. actually yeah. it's already increased, but whether the, know, the, yeah. the the construction of the mm. MRT will make people uh, less interested in the unit because there will be noise or, noise, or dust right, or right. those things, right? Mm. So once it's ready, it's easier people to know that hey, it's very convenient for them. But now, if you're going to sell, you should look into how much cash proceeds you will make and will mm. whether that amount of money will actually help you for your upgrading. Okay. So that is more important. If you wait longer, your higher accrued interest, you have lesser cash proceeds. Yep. Mm. So that's one way to to uh, look into it lah. And also, if you sell uh, two years or three years earlier, mm. I would rather you sell and then you wait in uh, in your next property or in your private property and because the appreciation will be a lot higher. Then okay. you wait for in your HDB or five years BTO unit. Yeah. So the calculation is very important uh, to ensure that you get maximum cash proceeds. Mm. If like Raman for your friend, mm-hmm. if it's only two years old, staying in a two years old, it's to manage her CPF usage. Okay. The lesser CPF usage, higher amount of cash she use for her monthly mortgage, she mm. would have maximized a lot more cash in return in as as cash proceeds in the, in, at the five-year five mark. Okay. So that will help her in her upgrading, oh. whether it's a private or the EA or a EM. So from uh, what I'm hearing, yeah. right, because like, you always always talk about like uh, exit plan. From yes. what I'm hearing, it's not just exit plan, it's also the re-entry plan. Mm. Yes. Right? Like will, will leaving now allow you to have a good re-entry point as well? Yes. And, and how do you plan for that? Mm. So, and and that actually will have an impact on now, right? Your purchase mm. now. Yeah. Yes. How you manage your monthly uh, mortgage, whether it's full CPF, whether it's cash, yes. mm. whether you actually want to take a lower loan or yeah. higher loan. Yes. Tenure. You, you, you have to look at your age because you, you, you want to look at the runway, right? Whether mm. you, you can take a full 30 years or 20 mm. years because the shorter the runway, the higher the amount of monthly repayment you have to make. And yeah. which means your interest is also a lot higher. So, so if you can take a full runway, then your monthly mortgage is a lot more manageable. Mm. That's See, one. Yeah. I see it this way in two years time you know that the MRT is going to be ready yeah. mm-hmm. but in two years time can you confirm that you'll still be in uh, what you are, your job you are in mm-hmm. whether there be increment mm. whether nothing is going to happen to your health mm. you know so you have to take this decision now and not um, see it in two years time we have to do like uh, Khalid has already shared mm. um, the calculation is important um, how much cash proceed you're getting now Mm-hmm. And uh, or wait in two years time because we do not know what the market is going to be in two years time. And if any any one agent tell you that they can uh, they can really tell you the future of the market, they are lying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yes, no doubt tell. about that. If not, everybody not would know COVID hit. Wow. If you imagine if you can, well, if you, you can, yeah, you wouldn't need to work, right? So, yeah. So, yeah. so have these conversations with your friends from the Bravo Realtors right now through their various platforms. Yes. Yeah, so you definitely want to get in on this. Just call this number. That's eight one hundred two three hundred. I repeat, that's eight one hundred two three hundred. Alternatively, you can also find them on their IG at the Bravo Realtors.